Good. Good to hear. It's always better to be audible. Helps if the system is turned on. It really does. So uh, let's, uh, as we're uh, hoping to listen to things, let's uh, let's start and prepare ourselves by uh, by listening to a little bit of music as we start out. Uh, we're going to start listening to the shepherd. Uh, this is a a piece by Ralph Stanley. Uh, bluegrass acapella. So let's listen to the shepherd as we center ourselves down this morning. Listen to the shepherd. Listen to the shepherd. Calling, calling us over. He will guide us safely. He will guide us safely. Calling, calling us over. Follow his footsteps. Follow his footsteps. Calling, calling us over. We are all his children. We are all his children. Calling, calling us Listen to the shepherd, listen to the shepherd, calling, calling us over, calling, calling us That was Ralph Stanley singing for us, Listen to the Shepherd, good old bluegrass acapella standard. Um, welcome now on all to the Tiny Gospel Radio Hour. We're live here at Poolsville Presbyterian Church, deep in the heart of Montgomery County, Maryland's Agricultural Reserve. I'm Reverend David Williams, and I'll be uh, hosting and pastoring for the next little while as we listen to some good Jesus music, offer up some prayers, and center us down in the grace and word of God. We're doing that especially this Sunday as we remember uh, all of those who have given their lives for our country and our freedom on this Memorial Day weekend. We we remember those folks. We remember their souls. We remember their sacrifice. And if you've got a little bit of time, uh, this is obviously an unusual time, but take some time this weekend, if you can, to, uh, to hold those folks in memory. And if there's a place you can go to remember that, uh, do it. Um, for my family, um, we've gone out to the Manassas battlefield and walked those fields and looked at that place where so many Americans gave their lives as a way of calling to heart, mind, and soul all that it means uh, to be free and how much people are willing to give. Um, with that in mind, let's listen to a little bit more music. Um, what I'm going to call up now is something we should have listened to a couple weeks ago, but uh, unfortunately, sound systems being twitchy as they are, we're not working that week. Um, we're going to listen to uh, Hide Me Rock of Ages, uh, sung by the Poolsville Presbyterian Church Choir. Let's give that a listen. Oh, the blessed rock of ages, rock of ages, I am trusting and in thee, dear Lord, in me I'm trusting, keep me till I Keep me till thy blessed face I see. 
I see in glory. When a storm round me rages, round me rages, blessed rock of ages, hide thou me. When my journey is completed, is completed, Savior, and there's no more work to do, no work to do, oh blessed Savior, guide my weary spirit, weary spirit, to that happy land beyond the That was the Poolsville Presbyterian Church Choir singing Hide Me Rock of Ages. As we gather here virtually together this morning, let's now together go to God in prayer. Let's, let's have a prayer as we gather in virtual worship today. Gracious God, when we find ourselves trying to live as disciples, we struggle a little bit. We know what's expected of us. We know the grace you have called us to show. We know the love that needs to guide us. But though we have been sent, though we have been called, sometimes we feel lost and uncertain. Though we know our calling, sometimes we get distracted. We get anxious, we get fearful, we get angry, and that call gets muddy in our minds. In our times of confusion, Lord, please forgive us. In Christ's name, please forgive us. Amen. Hear the good news as God offers us pardon through Christ. The saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save us. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might be dead to sin and alive to what is good. I declare to you, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. We're going to listen to a little bit more music now. Um, what we've got now is a piano offering uh, from uh, Ashley Hoffman, who's been practicing piano in this time where there apparently is time to practice piano. Um, she's going to be playing for us Be Still My Soul, an arrangement by Chris Rice. So let's listen to Ashley play that for us now.
Thank you for that, Ashley. That was Be Still My Soul, arranged by Chris Rice. Let's now, as we open our hearts to God's presence, open them to the hearing of God's Word in Scripture. I'm going to invite uh, virtually Elder Krista Beyer forward to read our Scripture passages for today. The first reading is taken from Psalm 68, verses 1 through 10 and 32 through 35. Let God rise up. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, let the wicked perish before God. But let the righteous be joyful. Let them exult before God. Let them be jubilant with joy. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides upon the clouds. His name is the Lord. Be exultant before him. Father of orphans and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God gives the desolate a home to live in. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious lived in a, in a parched land. O oh God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, Selah, the earth quaked, the heavens poured down rain at the presence of God, the God of Sinai, at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Rain in abundance, O God, you showered abroad. You restored your heritage when it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. Selah. O rider in the heavens, the ancient heavens, listen. He sends out his voice, his mighty voice. Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God in his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. The second reading is taken from Acts 1, verses 6 through 14. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, Suddenly, two men in white robes stood before them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This is Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. They, then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you for that reading, Krista. Um, as we've been doing the last several weeks, um, I've got um, a worship buddy with me today. Now, worship buddies, in case you're not remembering, are those little stuffed animal friends who hang out at the front of the sanctuary. Um, and some of them make their way back into uh, our Spear Hall uh, playroom. Uh, just as a way of keeping the kids engaged and connected um, as they are, uh, as they're in our service, help help keep a have a little companion because it's always good to have a friend in worship. And the friend in worship today um, is this little dog. This little dog that's I can't remember whether I found him back in Spear Hall or found him 
uh, sitting in the sanctuary somewhere, but we are grateful for his presence today among us as we are missing the kids and missing the children's message. So I'm going to send him on back to, uh, to hang out in our lovely worship diorama today, which is just filled with churches. As a reminder that we are together right now doing the church thing. We may not have our building, but we have tiny models of our building, and we have tiny models this Sunday of other buildings to remind us that even if we're not in the same space together, we're in the same spirit, and we'll look forward to that time when we can gather again in person. So I'm going to go put this little guy over with the churches, and then we're going to listen to a song. So hold on, let me, let me drop him on over there, put him where he belongs. Go on, go to church, go to church. Well, there he goes. He looks like he fits nicely there, and he's looking up to heaven. Um, and what we're going to do now is I'm going to play what we've been playing the last little bit. Um, I'll see if I can get this to work. Um, I am going to play a video. Um, we did a little bit last week without audio, but we're going to try it this week with. So we're, we're hoping that works. Um, a version of Jesus Loves Me um, played uh, by our... Uh, by Monica, uh, and played to her sweet little pup, Chloe, who sits there and listens very carefully. So we're going to try to give that a, a watch and a listen, and uh, hopefully y'all will hear it. And that was, hopefully for y'all, Jesus Loves Me. I've got my monitor headphones cooked up to another thing, so I'd already heard it. Hopefully y'all had a chance to hear it today. Um, as, we, uh, as we gather ourselves down in worship, um, we've had a chance to, uh, to hear Scripture twice before, but we're going to listen now a third time for God's Word in Scripture, so let's uh, let's settle on down in the Word again. Today's third Scripture reading is drawn from First Peter. Uh, that's the first epistle of Peter, chapter four, verses twelve through fourteen, and then chapter five, verses six through eleven. So that's one Peter four, twelve through fourteen, and five six through eleven. Let's uh, let's listen for God's Word together, beloved. Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you're blessed. Because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all of your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him 
be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious God, grant that the words of my mouth and the meditations in the hearts and in the minds of each and every one gathered here, grant that they might be acceptable in your sight, O our rock and our redeemer. Amen. A lot has changed in the last couple months, but some things have not changed, and one of the things that has not changed is my obligatory morning walk. I am obliged to walk that walk by my slightly creaky old dog, who for some reason hasn't figured out these last 12 years just how to let herself out or how to use the bathroom. So every day between 7 and 7.30, I am up and out of the house. Coffee left burbling and stirring in the background as I pass through the door into what lately has been Lovely spring mornings. Now, it's been a weird spring, but it is spring nonetheless. The leaves now are green and new, and my gardens are filled with the soft brush frills of rising carrots and the deeper green splash of potatoes, and my beans are shouldering themselves up this last week through the rich, amended Virginia soil, and all around the neighborhood are scampering here and there a new harvest of something else the new harvest of this year's squirrels and squirrels let it be said are not the gardener's friend they are not my friend at all cute little rodents they love my tomatoes which they happily help themselves to and will try for on a daily basis when they come up later in the season and i am always struggling with them about that and they they think well, well what you wanted some of this sweet juicy delicious tomato oh i am so sorry says the squirrel i'll leave this half eaten one right here for you because i'm so fond of sharing and they do it always feels great seeing those half eaten tomatoes sitting there it just warms my heart um they also love to dig up my gardens not because they're trying to dig up what I'm planting there, but just because they assume I must have planted some nuts in there someplace. If there's a garden, there have to be nuts buried in it, so they're going to dig for it. And I'm so generous with the tomatoes, why wouldn't I leave them nuts buried conveniently as an appetizer? So they go a-digging and digging up my seedlings and digging up my seeds, and they find a nut here and there, I suppose. Um... So the squirrels are just my pal. I love, love, love squirrels. And this time of year, there are a lot more of them around. Um, because the new crop of squirrels are out and about, juveniles just down from the nest, each one of them barely more than a kit. And I have to admit, as much trouble as I have with squirrels, that little tiny squirrels are just so cute. But they're also... Well, there's something else. They're, uh, they're young. They're oblivious to the world and the ways of the world around them. And I was reminded of that on a morning walk a week or so ago as the dog and I, out doing her business, encountered a little squirrel noodling around near a telephone pole. And my Ellie is an old girl, but she does still perk up when she sees a squirrel there, and so she starts nosing over towards it, and I keep her on this extendo leash, one of those like extending handle things that lets a dog range a little bit. And so I let it reel out, and she did her best. I am an old dog, but I am trying to stalk thing, which is kind of cute. Um, and she kept getting closer, and this adolescent squirrel was paying her no mind because it was young. It didn't know any better, and it's not paying any attention. Maybe it was, I don't know, it was just sitting there doing its own thing, maybe trying to compose an image for its Insta page or whatever it is that distracts adolescent squirrels these days. And she kept getting closer, and she's like four feet away, three feet away. Squirrel doesn't seem to care. Two feet away. And then my Ellie, even though she's old, she's like, I can't get this close to a squirrel without trying. She lunges 
Because finally, finally, after what's what, like 80 dog years for her, there's a squirrel she can finally catch. And I had to reel her in. I had to pull that little trigger on my on my thing because checking her lunge at the last possible moment, and she almost got it. And I, I mean, I, I don't mind disposing of the usual leavings of our morning walk, but squirrel corpse bags, I don't carry around with me. I just didn't want to have to do that. And... After the lunge, the squirrel sort of woke up a little bit and made a half-hearted move a few feet up the pole, but it didn't even bark. It didn't cry out. didn't seem alarmed. It was like, oh, what, whatever. It was weird because it was not yet wary. Those young squirrels haven't yet learned the way of the world around them, which is unlike the warm nest that they grew up in. And despite all of the years of squirrel learning passed down through genes. Yeah, the world is filled with dogs and cars and hawks and cats, and in their eager young newness, they don't really watch out for danger in the same way that old squirrels do. Because you don't get to be an old squirrel unless you're watching out for danger. And it's that awareness of the dangers in the world around us There was the challenge addressed by 1 Peter this morning. This book was nominally written by Simon Peter, uh, the disciple, but the language and tone and cultural expectation of this book don't seem to reflect that. It feels like it's from a later period. Um, It doesn't read like something that was written by a Galilean fisherman who really wouldn't care as much as First Peter does about the dynamics of a first-century Roman, Greek-speaking household. So it, it comes from a later place, written in Peter's name, most likely. Um, written in a time when the church was starting to have structure. It just wasn't a movement, but it had been in empire for a while and had spread through the broader word for a while. while. And most likely, this book comes to us sometime around the end of the first century. Christianity was no longer a marginal part of the Roman world, something off on the fringes so small and irrelevant that no one would notice it. The message of Jesus had already been born on the writings and teachings of apostles and evangelists, It had spread fiercely and widely through empire. Its message of grace and peace and welcome to the outcast, radically, excitingly different than the cruel, violent crush of empire. Yet as the new church was forming, as the rejected and the oppressed were welcomed in, The world continued to be what the world had always been. The struggles and violence of the world continued, and there was a tension because the early church was exuberant, filled up with hope for the transformation of all of humankind. And it ran, in its early days, right smack into the power of an empire and the decadence of a society in which human life didn't matter at all. Not at all. That first church was only beginning to discover that just because you have found the message of faith, the world does not get less challenging. It does not get less spiritually dangerous simply because Christ's transforming message of grace had entered the world. And this epistle, this letter, struggles to temper the enthusiasm of the early church with a balancing wisdom. Because the world out there had not gotten easier, not gotten less rough. The author of this letter reminds his readers that the world is still full of predators, full of hungry creatures sharp of claw and fang, and told them, look, you have discovered Christ's new path of life, but that doesn't mean you should set aside your wariness. There are enemies without and within, and all the old hungers of the world are there. The greedy, 
the powerful, the controlling are still there. And within your own soul, those risks are still present. Lust and greed, hatred and bigotry, anxiety and paralyzing fear, all of those things, even though you have committed yourself to a new way of life, those things are still present in you. And out there, there are people who will hate you for no reason or hate you because you threaten their sense of power or who will harm you to further their own desire for power, or still yet people who will manipulate you and betray your trust. That remains true, Peter reminds us, even though Jesus has shown us the way to not have that be true for us, and not be true for the way that we deal graciously with the world around us. So to his readers, the author of 1 Peter says, don't, don't be prideful, don't be full of yourself, don't be full of your own sense of self-importance. Peter reminds his listeners, don't let your anxiety paralyze you. Of course you are anxious because they were going through a time of crisis. Of course you're going to be anxious. But don't let that anxiety paralyze you. Understand it's present, but set it before God and trust in Christ's grace, even as you might struggle with and doubt your own ability and capacity. And in all of that, Peter reminded those early Christians to keep themselves disciplined, to maintain their focus and commitment to the way of Jesus in all things and in all times, because if you get complacent, if you allow yourself to be distracted in a time of crisis, it just makes you easy pickings, both for the hucksters and demagogues without, but also from the stirrings of your own worst self within. That's a challenge that every Christian faces in a time of crisis. Because when we are fearful, when we are anxious, when the world folds in around us, we become more vulnerable. Our fearfulness, our anxiety, or our blithe confidence that everything's going to be fine can lead us to make poor choices for ourselves as we relate with the world outside and worse choices as we relate to our own journey. Because all of us have our own things we struggle with. And when we're pressed and stressed, those things rise up more easily within us and can distract us from the path of grace and the best self that God is calling us to be. You have to have that in your heart as you move in a place of trial and testing. You can't let yourself set aside the discipline that has been learned. Patterns of prayer, patterns of being mindful of how you deal with and treat with those around you. All of those things we have to be very careful about when the world around us feels threatening like those blithe, aimless little squirrel kits that scamper around on a spring morning. They have to be more careful, because my slow, old, gentle Ellie and slow-aging me are not the only ones who go for walks on spring mornings. There are others in my neighborhood. There's a new fox this year, and she is absolutely lovely. Her fur is chestnut. She has a smattering of black on her flanks and a patch of white on her belly. And every morning she starts her patrol right about the same time I make coffee, between 7 and 8. I'll be sitting with the paper and we'll see her trotting elegantly by my window at my kitchen. Or we'll be out, Ellie and I, in the morning, 
and I'll feel a tug at the leash, and it'll be because my Ellie has scented her fierce, cunning, nimble cousin out on the hunt. And sometimes that fox will just stare at us, taking our measure. It doesn't run away because it knows it doesn't need to. It's looking at us and saying, all right, there's an old slow dog. I don't have to worry about that. And there's an old and even slower human. <laughs> Especially don't need to worry about that. And early this week, the dog and I noticed her. At the same time, when we were passing a yard at the top of the hill, at the top of my street. And there she was, beautiful, beautiful animal, lingering near the wood line. And what struck me was that in her mouth, limp and cooling, was a young squirrel. That fox's own kits would feel well that day. They would eat well that morning. Because things do prowl this world, and all of us know what they are. The powers in our society that would tear us down, or our personal demons, the things that beset us in life. So in this time when we're feeling a little more anxious, a little more angry, a little more fearful, maybe a little powerless, and powers with a capital P offer us strength and safety in exchange for our souls, or when we are feeling tested and strained, and maybe we want that extra drink, or maybe we're going places on the web we oughtn't. This is a time when all of those things rise up in us. When like a lion, the devil prowls around. Seeking to turn us away from the image of God in us. And in turning us away, take us as surely as that fox took that unwary little squirrel. Keep yourself diligent in this time. Listen to Peter's word Maintain diligence and focus in grace. Be doubly kind to those in need, and let Christ's gracious spirit and the deep wisdom of God guide you so that you may follow him and move towards his light. Let that be so for you and for me. Amen. We're now going to listen to a little bit more music after the service. Um, what I've got offered up now is something, a piece prepared for us by Bill and Jill McDonald, um, who will be playing and singing for us a living prayer. Let's listen for that now.
Thank you, Bill and Jill, for a living prayer. As we gather here virtually today, we remember that this ministry is supported entirely by the members and friends of this church and our beloved community. So to support that, to sustain that, we we need your offerings, we need your gifts. Uh, and the best way to provide those to us, um, we got a couple of different ways to keep this ministry going. The, the first is you can go to poolprez.com, and at the bottom of the page, there's a way that you can fill out a form and regularly donate to support this ministry. We can also receive that support via mail. Um, you can just send a check in the old classical way to Poolsville Presbyterian Church, Post Office Box 68. That's Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. Poolsville Presbyterian Church, P.O. Box 68. That's Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. And for your convenience, we are starting to explore ways to use Facebook to manage our donations and get... Uh, um, just that one click, and you can make a donation, but we haven't quite figured that one out yet. We're working on it, um, so hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we will have that there for all of you. Let's now turn ourselves, turn our hearts and our spirits to the needs of our community and the needs of our nation, as I'll invite forward virtually uh, Elder Catherine Bellavo to offer up this week's prayers of the people. Lord of creation, thank you for the many promises and prophecies that you have graciously given to us in your word. Please keep us from attempting to look into the finer details of your plans and purposes, which have not been disclosed to us, but which are fixed by your own sovereign authority and prevent us from distorting the truth of the gospel of God in order to satisfy our fleshly curiosity. Thank you that we have been saved by grace through faith in Christ and are baptized into his body and become one with him and members of his church. We pray that we may be good and faithful witnesses in the place where you have planted us, knowing we can do all things with your help. May we live each day of our lives in a way that is pleasing to you, lives that point others to the Lord Jesus, the Savior of the world, with the fixed assurance that your word stands fast forever. Loving God, help us to turn the eyes of our heart towards you in an attitude of persistent prayer, as did those first disciples of Christ on the days leading up to Pentecost. Thank you that we already have the indwelling Spirit of God with us and living within us to lead and guide us in all the difficulties that we are facing. Look down on your people and instill in the hearts of all of us that dearest desire to be united in spirit and devoted to prayer. And it is in prayer that we come to you now to praise you and glorify you 
but also to offer prayers of need and supplication. We humbly pray for those who are sick, depressed, anxious, dealing with chronic health issues and addictions. We pray especially for those named on our prayer list, for Bill, Jackie, for Ms. Edwards, for Kim and Elise and Sal, for Susan and Gary and Jan, for Roy, for Annie, for Walt and Nolan, for Wendy and Wid and Sue, for Pat and her husband Stan, for Lynn, for Priscilla, for Tony and Deborah, for Michelle, for Michelle's mom, Doreen, and for Julie Halstead, recovering from surgery from a broken wrist, and for all those affected by the coronavirus. We also pray for our world during the COVID-19 pandemic. May our leaders make wise decisions, a vaccine be developed quickly, and may we heed advice from experts. Lord, we pray for comfort and peace for those grieving the loss of a loved one, especially the family and friends of Blake Kelch's dad, and for those who have died, died from COVID-19. We also raise up prayers of joy and thanksgiving for all those who have recovered from COVID and returned to their families. All this we pray with hearts lightened by laying our burdens at your mighty feet as we join together to pray the words Jesus taught the disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for that prayer, Catherine. Let's now listen again to the Poolsville Presbyterian Church Choir. Um, we're going to listen now to them singing the Canticle of the Turning. Let's open our, our souls to the listening to this music.
This has been uh, Tiny Gospel Radio Hour, brought to you from Poolsville Presbyterian Church. We're starting to wrap up now, but I will remind you, you can join us again next week right here on Facebook at 1030 on Sunday morning. And you can also stream this via podcast at uh, poolpres.com. Or if you come to us a little bit late, you can watch the whole service here on Facebook. Although it's nice going live and being all together. As we move out into our lives this week, we are reminded by Peter to keep ourselves diligent, to be aware of those places where the stresses and angers and fears of this time might stir us to move away from God's grace and goodness. Be wary in your own life because there's plenty of energy out there that is not good and it is not kind and it is not gracious and it is not loving. And you don't need to hold that within you. Trust in God's grace. Turn away from those places where pride or rage or anger would make you vulnerable to the workings of less pleasant spirits in your soul. Remind yourself to share kindness, to share mercy, to be just and good in all things, and hold that as your discipline. Because out there in the world, we need the strength that comes and the focus that comes from Christ's gracious way in our lives. Whatever your struggles may be this week, let that be strongly present in your heart. And so now may the the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with all of you today and tomorrow and our whole lives long. Amen. And as we wrap our service today, we'll be sent on our way by um, the Blind Boys of Alabama um, singing a Tom Waits cover. Um, I'll be singing for us Way Down in the Hole, which is just a reminder to keep those dark parts of ourselves covered up by Christ's grace. Our lives long, let's, let's be sent on our way by the Blind Boys of Alabama. <laughs>